This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Welcome to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Nick Ashburn. And I'm Catherine Klein. Our next guest is Surya Kaluri, a managing director at Bank of America Merrill Lynch, where we're going to be talking about financial parenting or something like that. Welcome to the show, Surya. Nick, thank you. Catherine, good morning. Great to see you. We love having you on the show. You're a friend of WSII, Wharton Social Impact Initiative. Um, and an alum. An alum of Wharton. I mean, we could just go down the resume, I suppose. But um, why are you here today? Uh, I'm here today to uh, share some uh, hopefully terrific insight from a new study that we just released last week on the topic of modern parenting. And Catherine, I just wanted to tie back to your your opening remarks yep. about the previous guest. And in all the research that we have done, I think uh, we always push ourselves to ask two questions. One is, is there an aha, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which you refer to? And then being business people, we also then say, so what? Yeah. Right. And uh, I'm hoping I've set myself a bar here, (laughs) but I'm hoping we can cover both those uh, for our uh, listeners uh, as we have this conversation. Great. And I do want to remind them because I think I I hope maybe my mom will actually call in or my mother in law. Uh, Give us a ring at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. So, Surya. What what does this report say? What What is it about? What's the topic? Yeah, Nick, uh, so let me uh, set the context. Uh, why, from a Bank of America Merrill Lynch perspective, all of a sudden did we release a study on modern parenting? And uh, why did we call it financial parenting? What's the context? Um, so, so one of the reasons why we've embarked on the study is to understand our clients' life journey better. And so we've uh, uh, thought that understanding our client's life journey by life stage would be valuable so that we're not just talking about, uh, you know, either asset allocation or have you done better or worse than the market, et cetera, but what's happening in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've broken up the stages into early adulthood, into parenting, into some tough topics like widowhood, divorce, uh, and then caregiving, which we've already released uh, in the last year. And then finally, legacy and end of life. So if we can dig deep into what's happening with people's lives in these areas, uh, maybe we can have a good conversation, uh, create some services, et cetera. So uh, last week, we released the study on modern parenting. And uh, the um, thought we had was there are a number of books on parenting uh, or even books like What to Expect When You're Expecting, et cetera. Things uh, I probably, as an expectant parent, need to read. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but what are the financial aspects? What does it financially mean to be a parent? Yeah. And as we dug into this uh, and asked questions of children mm-hmm. and of parents, uh, we've had some ahas. And so uh, before we dig into the ahas, I want to put a mild quiz to our listeners. Great. Uh, maybe they can jot down the answer, and as we go through the conversation, we can share the answer with them. Perfect. So here's the quiz. Uh, what does the average American family, parent, spend per year on their adult child? And the way we define adult child is ages 18 to 34. So, so that's the question. So as we have the conversation, let's put out a number on what the research says and see what the listeners think. So what? let's re- repeat the question one, one more time because I'm not 
I don't have a very strong short-term memory. Okay, here um, we go. Yeah. So, what does the average American family spend per year per adult child? Right, not the child we're bringing up at home. Right. But they've left the nest, eighteen to thirty-four years old. Wow. Right. Very interesting. Right. So, if you were sending your, let's just put a little, you know, some, if you're sending your, if you're paying for your kid to attend college, and your kid is graduating in four years, your kid should be graduating by the time he or she is 21 or 22. And then out of the nest and self-sufficient. Yep. Isn't that what we were taught and told <laughs> that it was going to happen? And so I what think, does the research say? Right. Is, and so, is the, so the point is, okay, well, we know that kids are taking longer to go to get through college. We know that plenty of them are, you know, some percentage are not going to college and some percentage of them are our, uh, we know colleges differ tremendously in cost. They maybe, uh, yeah. All right, there's a lot. That's a fascinating number. I, I'm, I'm thinking about all the factors, <laughs> and I don't know the answer. Um, so, what are some of? The, so, when I think about my own experience, um, I fit into this age range. Uh, Youngin. I also, I'm just thinking like I definitely got probably more support earlier on, you know, out of college than I had hoped. I think that anyone had hoped, right? Like to your point, I thought I was going to go to college. Get out, get a job, and be self-sufficient. Uh, didn't quite happen that way, but I feel good now, fortunately. Um, so, what what did some of your what are some of your data showing around yeah, what yeah. what people are experiencing? Exactly right. So, so let's paint a picture first. Great. Right. What's this population look like? Um, so, and you are, are particularly focused on parenting of adult children. Is that correct? Uh, so, the, the 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 study, which is titled "The Financial Journey of Modern Parenting," uh, covers the entire lifespan. But to our point about where was the aha mm-hmm. is what we're directing our attention here. But the study itself covers, you know, being a parent uh, across the entire okay. lifespan. So, so here are some stats on what the population looks like of parents yep. in the U.S. So there are 173 million parents in the U.S. today, uh, 76 million with children under 18, so therefore 97 with children mm-hmm. over 18. Um, and here's the gross number for which we'll answer the quiz later. Parents in the U.S. now spend $500 billion on their adult children. Per Five, year? Per, fi, yes, per year. $500 billion. That's a huge amount of money, right? And, and on their adult children. And, and here's the kicker, because I'm in the retirement business. The so what is the following. That is twice the amount that these parents contribute each year to their retirement account. So you're, would you so to unpack that? So if they're spending five hundred billion in aggregate a year, they're only putting away two hundred fifty billion, correct? Ish, correct. Toward retirement. Now, right. now one might one might think about that and say, "Hey, wait a minute! Are you casting a value judgment on how a parent decides mm-hmm. to spend their money? Are they spending it on retirement versus no value judgment? We're just shining a light on. Right. Did you know that you're spe- you're saving two hundred fifty billion dollars?" For your own retirement and spending $500 billion on your adult child. And what are the categories mm-hmm. of this expenditure? You were breaking it down, Catherine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the categories uh, are uh, food and groceries. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Here's no surprise. Uh, this is true in my own case. Cell phone service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cell phone service. And we should, if you all examined our own cell phone bills, <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Um, uh, car expenses. Mm-hmm. Catherine, car you've already, insurance, yeah. Car, car insurance, insurance and others, yeah. Others. You've already mentioned school. Yep. Uh, here's one. Vacations. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. Ouch. I, I, Ouch. I, I, we I do am, that. Yeah. I am yeah. not talking about toddler. 
right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I had a subsidized vacation, but some of those <laughs> other expenses, check, check, check. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, rent, yep. and of course, student loan. Wait, I actually, I did, I just totally lied. I met my husband on a vacation that my mom paid for <laughs> when I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Surya is just digging into my past. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so let's uh, make that a personalized number. So, what does that five hundred billion dollars mean? As the answer to my quiz. Yeah, we get it. Okay. Per person, per child, per year, right? Average. And by the way, by the way, uh, uh, we might react to this as a big number or a small number, but let me just say it's a profound number, and we'll explain why. So the number is $6,700 per child, adult child per year, okay? Now, that's on average. I'm not talking about San Francisco prices, Yep. right? I'm not talking about private school tuition prices. I'm talking about the average American family uh, and their adult child. And you're talking the average child in that spectrum is, as if I'm doing the math, is like 27, 28, right? Right. Um, and so, you're still paying seven thousand ish dollars, a little right. less than seven thousand. So, yes. so now let me let me describe why this might this adds up fast and is a profound insight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's on average. That tells us nothing, right? So imagine uh, a, a child with disabilities. Imagine more than one child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of a sudden that number is increased. Now yep. let's add complexity to our lives. Imagine you're a sandwich generation parent. Yep. What now, does that mean? So we're taking care of elders in our family. Uh-huh. Okay? So in our caregiving study, we had the same quiz on what is the average caregiver informally spending out of pocket on their parent in their family, and that number is $7,000. So now if you're a sandwich generation parent, yeah. parent, child, let's say approximately 7000 for the $6,700, 14000 Now if the parent has dementia or issues like that, we estimate in the other study that that would be two and a half times. Right. So now, I've already said the $6,700 is cutting into the retirement savings. Now, if the number is more true in terms of personal circumstance, now you're talking about a profound impact on our savings towards retirement. So so that's the aha. And then when you, right, then you you haven't, so you factored in sort of circumstances of who that adult parent is supporting and taking care of his or her parents and his or her children, right? And then you throw in some of the things we've talked about recently. It's like, okay, so the parents are divorced and the parent in question is a woman working part-time, more like, you know, women are more likely to work part-time than men. Um, you know, a husband may or may not I, I, I be providing much uh, support. An ex-husband may not may or may not be providing much support to the kids. So, you know, if you imagine single parents, who could be either gender, um, as a huge financial burden. So, so let's – it's a fantastic uh, uh, point you've raised, Catherine. So let's pause and take a quick dip, deep dive there. Great. So we did a study on women and financial wellness in between all this mm-hmm. uh, because we thought about caregiving – health decisions of the family, parenting, and predominantly the female in the household takes on responsibilities for this, the data shows. Um, So we said, what does a female financial journey look like? So that's what the Women in Financial Wellness Study looked, uh, looked at with all the issues that you just raised. And we assessed that over a lifetime, the difference in the wealth gap between male and female is a million dollars. Yeah. 
So, so you start layering all the points that we've made, and then think about an individual's financial life journey. Right. We're talking about the need, the need to have a serious conversation. Uh, to be thoughtful and planful about this. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Surya Kaluri, a managing director at Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Yeah, I mean, I think it's this is such a fascinating and Im- important topic. And, you know, it, 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 I'm struck by how poorly, uh, you know, again, we had the prior conversation with our guest talking about um, you know, sex. And we didn't end sex education, her specialty. And I think about how poorly we talk to children about sex. We're not that great about talking to children about money either. Um, you know, do you, as you think about this, uh, what kinds of conversations would you uh, like parents to be having with children? What conversations, you know, in your role, do you think advisors should be having with parents? What What are the kinds of conversations we should be having yeah. given so, this data? This is a very important point, and and I think as an educator, you'll both appreciate and get a chuckle out of the stat that jumped <laughs> jumped out of the survey. So, parents said, right? So, fifty nine percent of the parents said that they have taught their children about finances. And then we ask the teens. Only 31% of the teenagers believe their parents have done so. Right. So that's a 50% gap. And by the way, I don't think neither uh, is misstating, or yeah. either is misstating, right? It is, has the conversation you've had stuck? Yep. As an educator, you know it's not just saying it. It's like, you know, is it a is it a learning environment? Are there quizzes? Um, are there uh, case studies? Are there examples? Are there analogies? It it, t- it takes a lot to impart education to somebody, and uh, one can I don't think can do it on the fly. And so this whole point about financial literacy and education, uh, I think, is a very important one. In fact, in our case, in our business with our financial advisors. Um, this conversation with our clients about their children and the need to uh, impart financial education, compounding, budgeting, saving, simple things to their children really sticks. Yeah. And has kind of a generational conversation impact to it. So I, I, I you know, I've seen your studies and they're impressive. I'm just sitting here thinking we need, uh, you know, you mentioned the what to expect when you're expecting some classic books when it comes to parenting. You know, to my knowledge, I don't know that there's a classic uh, book about talking to your your uh, your kids about money. Um, and I and I think we I think we need one because I'm sitting here thinking my kids are grown and man, I just have not done a good job on this. And not only do I think I've not done a good job on this, I as educated as I am, and you know, and uh, I don't think I really fully know what it would mean to do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So I need that book. So, and, yeah, so and if I need that book, I th- I'm guessing there are a lot the of people who need the, the book. Right, there are a lot of people who yeah. need the book. And, because, and you know, the, hello, I'm a professor. I'm supposed to know a lot of these, right, right, <laughs> how to right. teach and, my children some basics, but apparently not. Uh, so we made one uh, one attempt at this. Um, so we've uh, started a program at the bank called Better Money Habits. Mm-hmm. And we've also thought that it would be valuable to partner with somebody who knows how to yep. have a communication with the kids. So we partnered with the Khan Academy. Uh, to kind of have a series of videos yeah, on, on, the, on these topics. Yeah. But uh, but uh, to your point, I think, as a culture, uh, we might need this. Yeah. So, Surya, uh, you, went, you were talking about the, the aha moment and then the so what. Yeah. So, you know, Merrill Lynch clearly is around financial advising, and so that's one opportunity. But, like, in terms of the so what, should we be worried? I mean, we're not – it's not a judgment call of, like, should you support your kids or save for retirement, but, like – if you're not saving for retirement, should we be worried? Yeah. Um, so, so let's put that in context. Um, 
we are all living longer lives. You know, so when uh, when Social Security was set up, the average life expectancy was in the 60s. Now we're pushing 80s. Right. And the chances that uh, one of the two spouses are going to live into the 90s is like in the 90th percentile. Um, wow. And so, so all of a sudden we're talking about as many years post 65 as we worked. And so how are we going to kind of navigate this? And is there going to be enough money to kind of last through those longer lives? And so uh, our clients have talked to us about Kind of managing their life priorities. Mm-hmm. So some of the life priorities are family, yep. uh, home. What kind of home do I live in? Um, health. Health, by the way, was their number one mm-hmm. concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also want to work past 65 in the survey. Like 75 to 80% said that, uh, but on their own terms, flexibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, philanthropic activities, leisure, etc. So when somebody has to navigate across these life priorities and being a sandwich parent, perhaps, they all bump into each other. Right. So how do you kind of uh, navigate that? So our uh, advice and approach to it is uh, to be planful, to shine a light on each of those bubbles, <laughs> and then say, you know, how, you know, for example, uh, if you're a sandwich parent, generation parent, and you're spending money out of pocket on giving care to an elder and a child, Let's shine a light on both and then do a trade-off. Yeah. You have to be rational about it. Um, and so we think being planful like that is important. And then uh, we also feel like one needs guidance on this, uh, meaning it's a complicated uh, conversation and you can't just make it up on the fly. So have a plan and then dynamically get some guidance from you know mentors, uh, people you trust, centers of influence, advisors, etc. I just have to say that this is such an important topic. You know, it is it is really such an important topic, and and um, you know, it's great that you're bringing this to light. And the fact that the kind of attention the report's been getting just tells you how much people want this. I'm I'm thinking, uh, you know, Nick, we were joking a little bit at the beginning of the hour and talking. Uh, you know, I recounted the story of uh, yeah, talking with my husband, and I, you know, and listening to this story and thinking about the people I know. You know, adults who have with adult children and what they're navigating, right? This is not only an individual decision; this is a couple's decision, and you know, couples have different views about money. So, navigating this with your own spouse is difficult. Then, if you throw in that these, as I said, these examples of, of parents who are divorced but have adult children, you know, I think I see parents. You know, when parents get divorced, it's like, well, we'll we'll get through this period when our children are young. It's like, oh no. You know, I've seen it as, as uh, of our friends who are divorced and deal with adult children. So the complexities around this, the financial, emotional, planning, cognitive, whew, and, tough. And, and I'm glad that... you're giving people advice. I'm getting a little overwhelmed. <laughs> well, and yes. I'm, I, I'm struck too, because I'm thinking about this as someone in this age range, as you mentioned, um, that I also, you know, I did get financial support from my parents, like this financial parenting, if you will. Um, I might have, it, you know, it might have taken longer to wean me off, right? Because I, you know, I graduated in the middle of the financial crisis, undergrad, right? So there's there were some of those dynamics. I feel good, I'm stable, all the, you know, I'm married, we have dual income, all these things. But I'm just now feeling like I'm starting to get on my feet on on one hand, and my parents are aging, my husband's parents are aging, and like I might be found as a sandwich parent or sandwich family. What I can't remember. What sandwich generation. Sandwich generation. Yeah. And I don't know where, like, how to navigate that right now. Correct. Right. Where, where am I going? Yeah. Help me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're happy to help you. <laughs> We're happy to help you. Yeah. 
I just I, I'm you know these are real life conversations I am ac- actively having at home. Yeah, yeah. Are did you support your kids a little bit more after they left the nest? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 cell phone right. for sure. <laughs> cell phone for sure. Car insurance. Our older daughter, you know, and our kids had good jobs, and our older daughter lived at home for a while, and we, you know, and then there were various. I mean, we had to say at certain things like. Okay, I mean, in the case of you know, like okay, you, you're turning X age. Like, hello, it's your birthday. They're born. They were born sort of. Both of them are born. You know, late December, early January. It's your birthday. You've just turned this age, and like, no, we're not going to support you anymore on this. But there's plenty that we do support still, and our kids have very good jobs, and um, you know, still. Um, so, and <laughs> and as I said, I you know, like our kids are doing fine financially. We're doing fine financially. We're incredibly lucky to have all of that. And still, I think we have not done a good job educating our and and so I have the luxury of not you know of it not being incredibly consequential right now, but it is consequential. Yeah. So I'm you know I compound and add up over a period of time. Oh my gosh, it is yeah. So I'm curious as you know from where you sit within uh, Bank of America Merrill Lynch, how you think about all this like this. I mean, you are directing you – know, my sense is that this report is directed towards individuals, to families, and it's sort of a wake-up call. People ought to be thinking about this more. Um, it's certainly uh, useful for your advisors to know what they should be talking about with their clients. Man, there are also policy implications here. You know, um, yeah, I, I know we're running out of time, but I'm just thinking like, wow, the government needs – our government needs to think about these issues too. Yeah. Uh, policy implications are on all the topics we've talked about, including financial literacy. Uh, but let's also not forget employees of firms that are employed. And they have said to us, uh, clients of ours, institutional client of ours, that their most trusted source of advice is their employer. Mm, mm-hmm. Right? So for employers to be able to shed some light on this, yep. uh, teach their employees about budgeting, et cetera, saving, maximizing, optimizing their uh, retirement savings, et cetera, can be powerfully useful uh, as people navigate their life journeys. Yeah, I you know I think Penn offers some of these these trainings every once in a while. I don't know, like it's like more on like planning for retirement, but I think maybe even some basic financial literacy types of opportunities might be helpful yeah. too. I'd be really curious again talking about my mom because she works in manufacturing. Like, do they do that too? So, yeah, I mean this is a really important topic. I I'm so excited that this research is surfacing. And again, I think it's hitting a nerve. So where should people go to learn more? Because I think lots of us may be thinking, wow, I need to pay more attention. It's, it's uh, We've made it really straightforward. So if we went to ml.com, it stands for Merrill Lynch, ml.com slash parenting, uh, we'll find the study. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Surya, for joining us. We've been speaking with Surya Kaluri at Bank of America Merrill Lynch. This is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.